You are listening to the Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show podcast on Gear 30 Radio. Adventure for your ears. Shop Gear 30 premier mountain equipment and improve your outdoor experience. Gear 30 Radio! So Everest uh, is in the news as of late. There was a tragic incident. There was an avalanche that took out, what, up to 12, I believe, Sherpas? I think it's up to 16. Up to 16 now? Yep. So I do have an article on it that I can read for those of you who are... Um, who haven't read about it yet. Uh, the avalanche happened all of a sudden. It was just like lightning. Survi- survivor Kaji Sherpa told journalist um, Bandari from a hospital bed in Kathmandu, by the time reports of the Serac fall turned avalanche on the west shoulder of Mount Everest, we were spreading around the, wor- the world. Uh, rescuers were conducting long line retrievals of the dead and injured by helicopter. Yeah, you're right. By the end of the day, 16 Sherpa men were still missing amid the debris or confirmed dead. Another nine survived, some of whom were treated at the Everest ER. There there are several lucky walking wounded who were treated at our clinic and are still at base camp. Everest ER founder and director, Luann Freer. Did you meet her, him? Didn't meet her. Didn't meet her. Uh, The psychological wounds of a tragedy like this are already evident. So Kaji Sherpa had been stalled while traveling up through the icefall just below Camp 1. A ladder bridging a crevasse had collapsed, causing a mounting traffic jam. Do those collapse often, or is that... They fix them... Because the icefall moves about four feet a day, they're always... The ladders are shifting, the ropes are shifting, and so they do move. So when it collapsed, and he used a rope to bypass the standstill and then helped a friend to cross over, says, just after that, I saw it coming. A chunk of ice had fallen from the seracs on the west shoulder, trigger, triggering a large avalanche that hit the upper reaches of the icefall. I don't know how far away that is. Um, we passed through that area about five times when we were there in 2012, and it was massive. This hanging glacier was absolutely massive. It was terrifying to be by it. And we quickly moved past it going up and past it going down. And we you say quickly, how long does it take to move through the icefall? Like an hour? It was six, seven hours to get through. There's 2,000 vertical feet, lots of ladders in there, uh, lots of ropes. There's always a line. So it takes a long time to get through there. We take off about four in the morning in the dark when the icefall was the coldest and moved the least. And but these guys were there in the daytime going up. Sherpas, they go up maybe five times for every one time that the Western climbers go up. And you went up, uh, what, six or five or six times? Five times. Five times. Um, so, yeah, it says, um, when I tried to run away, a big chunk of ice hit my backbone, Kaji Sherpa said. I fell down and become unconscious, became unconscious. When I was leaving, I saw 10 dead bodies in one spot. Some hands were lying here and legs were lying there. And there were other body parts all in one place. This article is from alpinist.com. It's written by Gwen Cameron. It's called Sherpa Deaths Raise Questions About the Future of Everest Guiding. Um, in total, 25 were buried in the debris. 13 were confirmed dead. There's still three missing, it sounds like. Um, and then it go ahead and it lists some of the ones who have passed away here. Commercial companies on the mountain are required to provide life insurance to their employees, but even the best insurance doesn't leave the families of the dead with much money to survive in the long run. Accident and compensation in insurance insurance is 10300 for mountain guides, 8200 for base camp workers, and 5100 for low-altitude porters. 
And then it says here, uh, you need to understand that only some companies will pay the top insurance. So it's, it can be lower than that. In other words, the one was reported of being around, what was it? around $400 for the families of the deceased. That's what the Naples government was going to give the families of the deceased was $430. $430. Yeah. Um, that's not a lot of money for what they do up there because from what I understand, the Sherpas, I mean, they're the main breadwinner and then the wife and the, doesn't have a way to make any money for the, to support the family if, if one of them dies. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. So it's a big deal. Um, and then now talk to me about traditions and luck and bad luck and, and the way the Sherpas see this is this is, you know, not a great start to a season, obviously. They're superstitious people, high re religious. Um, we couldn't step foot on the mountain until we had the puja. And most camps don't step on the mountain until they do the puja first. It's a religious ceremony. Yeah. And that's asking forgiveness to the damage that we'll do on the mountain with garbage and going to the bathroom and crampons and just the abuse of the mountain that will take place. So we're kind of getting a blessing from, you know, their God as we climb up the mountain. And they're very religious people. So they get shook real quickly, I think, and easily. And when we were there in 2012, some of the first deaths were um, from Sherpas. And everyone got spooked right away. Some groups, some big groups, packed up and went home because the Sherpa environment, the Sherpa collectively were spooked. They thought it was a bad omen. They thought it was a bad year. So I and bet that was only two versus correct sixteen, maybe. Yeah, and so I'm sure this has just terrified the Sherpa community. It's awfully sad that this has happened. I feel bad for the families, the parents, and the kids of these fallen climbers. It's just a tragic event. But on top of that being tragic, um, they're getting kind of the short end of the stick. The Western guys go over there and make a fortune, and the Sherpas do most of the hard work, probably 95, 98% of the hard work, and they get paid peanuts. So it's, it's too bad. Because they take the risk of setting the lines. So even though the Western guides are basically called guides, they're, they're not really... Is, is that what you're saying? They're not really doing some of the harder work over there? They're not. Yeah. The shippers are doing all the hard work. For every one time, I th maybe I mentioned this, for every one time we went through the ice fall, they'd go through five to six times. And with ropes and tents and food and fuel and pots and pans and all the heavy stuff. And the guides are just left to carry or to help the paying customer up the mountain. So as a climber, how close do you do you get to your Sherpas through the time that you're there? We got close. We had movie night every night. The Sherpas would come to our... You had movie night? <laughs> we had four movies re recycled every night. How many times did you watch those four movies? Four into 40, ten times a piece. Ten times a piece. <laughs> we, yeah, we had, um, we had Born Supremacy. We had Get Smart, um, Enchanted, and uh, Nacho Libre. And every fifth <laughs> night, we'd start over. <laughs> And the, awesome. the Sherpas loved it, Yeah, but we got really close. We could ask them personal questions. We hung out with them every day for 40, 50 days. We were on the mountain with them, hardworking, happy people, um, but didn't make a lot of money, and they had a super dangerous job. So, But at this point, I mean, it's pretty early in the season, so maybe 
maybe you didn't really know him as well if you were there right now. In other words, I don't know how, how long these Sherpas had, had been close to the climbers who were there now, um, if any of them got to really know him that well, but um, it, it did spook some businesses. And so according to Outside Magazine, ha they have an article that says, Expeditions Cancel Everest Climb. Is Everest closed for business? It's not certain, but at the moment, everything seems to be trending in that direction. Amid conflicting reports that the government of Nepal is officially shutting the door on any more south side climbing this year. So can you go on the other side, I wonder? The north side, the Chinese aren't letting people in who don't already ha have paperwork to get into the country. So mm -hmm. no. If you're climbing from the southeast ridge route, you're done. You're done. On Thursday, tweeting from Base Camp, uh, Peak Freaks owner Tim Ripple wrote... The government of Nepal made an official announcement that Everest is closed for 2014, effective immediately, and that they will honor the current climbing permits for individuals for up to five years, which is good, because how much is a permit? Uh, it's 11000 per person per climb. per climb. It's gone up. Last year it was 10000 so it's gone up $1,000, but it's 11000 per person. Um, that statement does remain unconfirmed, because also this morning, climber and blogger Alan Arnett who was in Nepal, reported the same news and then admitted it on his website, saying, of note, just as I published this, he wrote, a few people said that the mountain had not been closed and we still have not seen official statements from some remaining teams, including Hymex, Altitude Junkies, and Asian Trekking. And these must be the, some of the bigger groups out there. Um, I don't know if you've heard of any of those guys. Yeah, Russell Bryce is Hymex. Okay. Um, and the problem with that, when a big group pulls out, there, you know, some of these big groups like IMG have 40 Sherpas with 30 or 40 clients. And the big groups, they're the ones, those Sherpas are the ones tasked with setting the ropes way up high. The anchors and the fixed lines all the way to the summit. So suddenly you have 30, 40 Sherpas from just IMG alone pull out. And they're not going to be able to contribute to the collective Sherpa group that will set these lines. And so you get two or three of these big, massive groups. There's no one to set the lines to the top of the mountain. So you actually have to um, have your own Sherpas do that or, or, be, or do it yourself, I guess. Do it yourself. And that'd be, that's tough to do. When we were there, they went around to every um, group and ask for volunteers. We only had three high-altitude Sherpas, so we can only contribute maybe one, two, three at the most. Mm -hmm. But they realized quickly that we had such a small group of high-altitude Sherpas, they didn't ask us to contribute anybody. Um, but they've got to get a ton of people. It takes thousands of feet of rope, and the anchors are heavy, and they have to reset this the whole way up the mountain. So it takes tons of volunteers. And so when you get these groups pull out, there's no one left to do it. And that's why I think, personally, the season's probably over because these big groups have no one to contribute to the pool of Sherpas that will set the ropes and the lines. And So the, the government officials don't have to necessarily, quote-unquote, shut down the mountain. If these, if these Sherpas are all let, I'll leave, the bigger groups, then it's, it's pretty much you're at your own risk. I mean, you... You are anyway, but you're more at your own risk because these groups aren't there to help set lines up top. Now, did Hymex pull out or stall operations in 2012 when you were there? That's Russell Bryce's group, and he, he was – the first couple of Sherpas who died were in his group. And his Sherpas were so spooked by this that he finally said, all right, we're going home. He packed up maybe 30 climbers and 40 Sherpas and says, 
this is too weird of a year. We're going to head home. And uh, Russell Bryce, you'll remember, he's the one who had the reality show on Discovery Channel uh, a couple seasons, three or four seasons, I think, on there. I think you're right, yeah. I, don't know. I wish they still did that. I loved that show. But this year, they were supposed to have the guy climb up and jump off, wingsuit off the top. Yeah. Who knows if that'll happen. That was a Discovery Channel thing, and they got a lot of money, so they might go down and find their own Sherpas and say, Look, we got money riding on this. We'll, we'll get you up there. They wrote that off because five of the Sherpas that were involved with the jump, the a wingsuit jump, were killed in the avalanche. Oh, you're kidding me. So you, so that's already done. The Discovery's been canceled. Yep. So now Discovery Channel's oh, doing uh, a, ser- or a movie, a film, whatever you want to call it, on the avalanche instead of the wingsuit jump. Okay. Um, I'm glad we have you here to help elaborate on some of this stuff. It says here, whatever the case, one thing is clear, the dominoes have been falling fast with several major teams announcing over the past 24 hours that they're quitting for the year. Even if there is no blanket shutdown happening on the south side of the world's tallest peak, the situation is rapidly approaching a point of critical mass, one that may mean 2014 is over, which is exactly what what you said, uh, even for expeditions that want to press on. Uh, it's getting late. A source at base camp told outside in an email, today is April 24th, and there is nobody above base camp. I think this year won't happen. As we all know, this mountain, it might happen for a few teams. If they wait here and are able to open the trail and fix ropes through the Lhotse face, they might do it. But it would be a few people, especially people who don't respect Sherpa culture and their help in the last 80 years for those clients, guides, and climbers who have been here in the Himalaya. So is is that disrespectful to continue up there without the Sherpa? Or what, is, what does that mean by that? I think it is. Last year, in 2013, there was a big scuffle, a big fight at yeah. up oh, high yeah, at Camp yeah. 2. And that was because the Sherpas felt disrespected because some European climbers cut across them on the Lhotse face and dropped some ice down on them. And they were quite offended by that. So they're, they're a, pride, a proud people, and so they don't want to be, um, they don't want to disrespect their fallen. You know, this is a tight-knit ethnic group of people, and so these are probably relatives that they'd be walking over, some of the people that are still buried up there. Mm-hmm. And so... They, I don't think they'll do that. But another thing that a lot of people don't know about is there's a group of people up there called the Icefall Doctors that maintain the line through the Icefall. And I think they will side with the Sherpas and not set the route through the Icefall. And no one will do that. That's a dangerous you know, job to do. No one will do that. No one will step in and do that, I don't think, and maintain that for this season, for another month, month and a half, until the end of May rolls around when the climbing season comes to an end. Because what happens towards the end of May is the icefall doctors shut the mountain down. Didn't know that when I was there in 2012. I thought that once the mountain was open, you could climb until you summited. But when we were there, they would shut. They were going to shut the mountain down on the 28th, take all the ladders off, the ropes off, fixed lines off. So then if you wanted to summit, you'd have to go through the ice fall with no ladders, no ropes, no, no protection, and the whole way up the mountain. And so the ice fall doctors, I don't think, will go against protocol, what the Sherpa mindset is. And because of that, there will be no fixed lines through the ice field. And then further up the mountain, when the bigger groups would pitch in, they won't do it either. So I'm pretty sure it's a done deal. No one's going to sum up from the south side. It's a big mountain. Um, there's some big egos that go up there. There's a lot of money that is is pushed into it. It costs a lot of money to go there. Uh, there's corporate 
entities who send athletes there or, or are sponsored by big companies to go there and represent. Um, you know, do you think any of those people who have maybe experience and money will just just press on and, and do it anyway? I don't. And yeah. I, I don't think they'll do that because it takes such a massive collective group to get all the oxygen to camp for, uh, to get the ropes way up high, the fixed lines. It takes such a collective, you know, thrust of people that I don't think that group will be sitting around. When mm. I think when um, Hillary did it in '53, he had tons of people there to support it, and with just a few people and all these big massive groups heading home, it's too hard and complicated and exhausting work to do with just a handful of people. So Alan Arnett, who blogs from, I guess, base camp up there, he did an update earlier today on his blog that said, I knew this would happen and I apologize. The Ministry of Tourism issued a press release saying that the mountain is open and everyone is welcome to climb. Teams are packing even after this release. The future climbing plans all have to do with the icefall doctors we're talking about and if they will stay and manage the route through the icefall. They have been threatened. Their families have been threatened. If they stay and they have told their, if they, let's see, they have been threatened. Their families have been threatened if they stay and they have told other teams they are leaving. Um, so they've been threatened if they, if they stay, I guess. Uh, this change, uh, this could change if the military comes in, but uh, it still leaves their families at risk. Well, that gets serious. You get military people up on the mountain. Would that be forcing forcing them to stay? Or? I'm not sure what they could do to these people. But the, the bigger problem will be, even if they can force icefall doctors to fix the line through the ice fields, the IMG, I know they're heading home. Yeah. And these bigger groups are probably you know, heading home too. The, they won't be able to set the ropes way up high. And so there's some superstar climbers that could probably free climb without the protection of the ropes, but the majority of climbers over there need the ropes, need Sherpa support, and I don't think you're going to get it with all that's gone on over there. So, and again, um, yeah, it says here, he finishes in his last paragraph, I've heard of no teams planning to climb, and at least 10 have said they are leaving officially, including in the only, he did the abbreviations, AC, AAI, IMG, JG, AT. These are the largest teams with the most Sherpa who do all the real work. Without them, the season is over. The remaining wild card is Hymex and Altitude Junkies, who have not officially uh, said anything, but it would be tough for them to go on their own. Russell Bryce is in a tough position. In 2012, he thought it was such a wild year with weather that he he pulled his group out. We met two guys from Salt Lake that paid $70,000 to climb with them. They'll get 15% off of next year's climb if they go. So he's in a tough position. I'm sure he's going, ah, 2012, 2014, I've got this. What do I do? What do it's I do? It's basically back-to-back -back for him. Yep. Um, so photos are on sale. These will benefit the families of the Sherpas. This is from Outside Magazine. It's pretty cool. Uh, the dev deadly avalanche that killed 16 Sherpas on the 18th of April has left the climbing community devastated. So for $100, you can go to sherpasfund.org. It's Sherpa with an S and like on the end, fund.org. Sherpasfund.org. And uh, it's all distributed by the Alex Lowe Charitable Foundation who has worked 
with Sherpa climbers in the Kumbu region since 2003. Each, um, of course, there's a phone call. Each, each image is a hundred dollars, and um, I'm sure they're they'll just, they'll just ship them out to you then. But they're by powerful images by some of the best outdoor photographers in the world. Jimmy they're Chin. Stunning. They're stunning pictures. They really are. Uh, James Baylog, Corey Richards, Renan Ozturk, who I, I believe is now living in, in Salt Lake, Pete McBride, Gordon Wiltsey, Tara Kuyami, Andy Barden, Rob Kendrick, and Max Lowe. I know uh, or four of those names sound really familiar. But yeah, if you go to the website and look at the images there, beautiful there's some of the people some of mountain culture some of the prayer flags and things like that so um yeah crazy year up there on everest uh you ever think about going back i'd love to go back it's, it was an awesome adventure 72 days um i'd go back in a heartbeat but i practically had a divorce <laughs> and um then be a new wife that probably. puts a, a damper so, in things yeah, yeah. I doubt I'll get back, but I'd love to go back. Yeah, awesome. Well, thanks for your input today. Uh, do you have any advice for those who might be thinking about uh, preparing for Everest next year uh, as far as training goes this this year? Uh, I'd get aerobically in the best shape you can. I actually have a friend who trekked to base camp with us in 2012. He signed up with IMG to climb in 2015. So we're chatting back awesome. and forth. And I wish him well, good luck, but it is just the roll of the dice up there. We were lucky when we were there in 2012, the weather finally broke. You get a few days to summit, statistically six to 16 days to summit, and then the mountains close down by the icefall doctors when they take stuff out. So it is a roll of the dice. Yeah, yeah you got semi-lucky because there was a traffic jam up there, which, which sort of led to some other things. But yeah, I do appreciate you coming on, Will. Thanks for your time. My pleasure. Yep. of my